We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, friends. Welcome to Pod Maverick presents Group Therapy. Why are we doing group therapy when there's not a game? That's probably something you're interested in. Uh, to be quite honest, it's because this whole thing, uh, this whole week, this whole month has absolutely sucked. The Mavericks are in a pretty bad spot. I'm kind of sad. And frankly, I also want to get more familiar with using this app. If you guys will remember way back in the day when I was doing... Uh, green rooms and locker rooms for the first time i would do these on fridays just to kind of check the pulse of the team check the pulse of what people out there were thinking and now we're uh we're back so i'm gonna post that we're uh that we're live on on twitter my boss uh, uh called me one minute before the show started that was really fun uh and so i'm sorry that i'm a few seconds late but here we are here's all right so i'm gonna post the show here here's the link to our live show just great great podcasting so far but but here we are um hope everyone's doing okay if you're curious as to how all this operates you will want to hop in to um the comments up up the the posted uh link is the Streamyard link which you can click on you get taken to a waiting room and then i'll bring you up on stage uh to talk about it and we will we will see what's going on. <laughs> That's a delight to uh, to join the show here. Thank you so much, SLD. Um, Miha says hello from Slovenia. If you want to join again, guys, all you got to do is have access to a phone. We did this the other night. Um, we're about to bring up my man Chris Haley, who is is waiting in the comments. Only got a few people in here so far. Uh, I'm going to say this a few times during the show because it's really helpful. If you have not subscribed to our channel, please do so. I will try to get these live show postings up in advance, and then you can see that on the feed and click notify me, and it will tell you via your apps uh, with what's going on um, as to, to when we go live. So, you know, we got a few people trickling in. It's a bit of an early show. Uh, we'll see how things are going, and let's bring up my man, Chris. Chris, welcome to the show. What's going on, Bob? Hey, Kirk. How's it going? Good. Nice to see you. Oh, <laughs> finally, after a couple of years, right? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, just, uh, I guess, looking forward to tonight's game, at least against the for the Timberwolves and Lakers, right? So this is uh, a question. I haven't looked it up. Do 
we don't have the tiebreaker against the Wolves, do we? So I'm glad you. So this is this is a good thing to to kind of bring up right off the top of the show. Um, Josh Bow within the last like hour basically got into the weeds and started looking um, at what's happening in the West and. Folks, um, part of why I did this group therapy is because it is it is bleak, uh, mm-hmm. like very very bleak. So, Josh wrote this. Here's where I'm just gonna I'm gonna flip over to the um, to the actual story so that people can see it, and we'll see what's going on here. Um, Josh says, "Here's where things get tricky. Out of the four teams in the playing spots, uh, ahead of the the 11th place Mavericks, so we got the Pelicans." We have the Timberwolves, we have the Los Angeles Lakers, we have Oklahoma City Thunder. Here's the Mavericks down here, okay? Outside looking in right now. Now, of those four teams, here are the ones the Mavericks have won the head-to-head tiebreaker with. Just my God. the Lakers. And I, I had the feeling that, I, I think from the top of my head, I think it was just the Lakers that we had the tiebreaker. That This, mm-hmm. this really sucks. Mm-hmm. Like, we're absolutely in, like, the worst spot. And we got five games to either go up or down, uh, God, if the Lakers win tonight, it's like it wouldn't even really matter. I mean, we would we would have to for sure win out, like win five straight games. And with this team, <laughs> I mean, we haven't won five straight games. Like I got my my friend uh, my friend Dwight. Uh, I think his handle is like two. What is it here? It's it's. Some numbers to start. It's like five one four to two one seven. Like everybody knows him. He's he's a uh, he does the uh 21 going on 77 show with with jet uh with um sj and he he was like well i really think they can win these like five of these next five games it's like they haven't won five in a row since the seven in a row streak yeah and, it, and that like, was kind of a fluke it was that was a fraud right there because we were playing i mean horrible teams then right i mean it's really dark God, so we you really have to just focus in on the Lakers. I don't really know how many how to look it up, how many games they have left, but it's I mean, we're completely root against them, obviously the rest of the way. And um God, the the most maverick thing would happen right now is that we would go like four and one and the Lakers would win half their games and we would still be out. Uh man, I just don't want to give up that draft pick and I don't want to just end up in that bottom eleven period. Um because then like you said, like from the other day, I asked that question. I mean, we really couldn't move up to the 10 spot, right? Um, as far so, as the, the draft odds, I mean. So. Okay, so let me let me pull up let me pull up the standings here. We still can fall. Like that's the thing. It's just you're oh, only we need out. the Bulls to win. We need the Bulls to win too. Well, and we play the Bulls on the second to last game of the year. Oh, of course um, we do. Oh. So there's and they're still really trying to make it. And the Mavericks, okay. it's just they're so they're so screwed. The Bulls also only have a top four protected pick, so they really don't have an incentive to play. So okay. let me let me do the screen share again because I think this uh, the, this is is helpful for kind of illustrating the darkness of this situation. Um, let's go ESPN standings. Here we go. So when you do, we're looking at the whole league. So you get to the league down here. Here's the Mavericks. It's like they're they're at eleven, right? And so. Over these next few games, the Mavericks do have the opportunity to fall down in here. It'll be difficult, but just because of the way some of these other, it's like, it's like the Portland Trailblazers are super tanking. It is remarkably bad. Um, the Jazz are still kind of putting up fights here and there because these teams, like, again, we talk about this at length. Players do not tank. 
that is that is kind of a, a given that we are all well aware of. Organizations tank, but the Mavericks just have bad players. Like if they were to sit Luca or Kyrie, it becomes infinitely harder to to hang out and to do this. It's really it's really kind of shocking. Um, so, but over these next few games, could Dallas fall? Like, so they play Miami and and Atlanta Saturday, Sunday, back to back. First of all, they've been in Miami mm-hmm. with three days rest, like three days in Miami. So, I think they might look like they have been in Miami for three days, <laughs> and that is a that is a difficult town. Um, and so, I have it's, this it's bad, bad feeling though. Like, let's say um, if they do sit the last maybe couple games of the season, sit Kyrie and Luca. Mm-hmm. I swear to God, if Theo Pinson and McKinley Wright have these great games where we end up beating the Bulls. Like, just going to drive us nuts there. I mean, I don't even want to even, like, say I want us to lose at all. But th- this just sucks where we're at, man. It's, yeah. God. No, it is it is that kind of bad. It's, it's bleak um, in a way that – because, you know, to go back to the standings talk, they're on the outside looking in for the play-in. They're on the outside looking in for the top ten. That is, it's a special kind of hell that you've been asking about for the better part of the year. Like kind of as we would stumble, you'd pop into our rooms and say, hey, where are we with this? Like what, what's going on? And it's, it's really something I, I cannot and, believe. And lastly, who, who would be, who would be that team that ends up uh, cashing in on all our mistakes? It's the freaking Knicks, mm. Brunson and whatever. I don't, honestly don't even know much about the college players or the ones that are coming in, but I mean, they're saying that the, this draft class is pretty good. Even, you know, if it's the 10th seed or, or mm-hmm. our 10th pick or not pick, I mean, you're still going to have a solid wing defender. Um, God, we need one of those players, but I, I don't know. This just, this really sucks where we're at because I was looking forward to going to a playoff game, but I guess, I guess I'm going to go to a Dallas Stars game. <laughs> so to be my first one, I've been, I've been, I lived in DC like you. I've been to many uh, Capitals games, but. I guess I might be going to a Stars game soon. So, man, live like I love basketball. Don't get me wrong, live hockey is awesome. Yeah, even if it's bad live hockey, bad like bad basketball reeks. Yeah, and yeah, especially it's, it's just that, a different deal. That this is definitely the most disappointing, and I'm not just saying this lightly. I mean, I've been a fan for 23 years. This has to be the absolute most disappointing season of all time because. Or since I've been a fan, just the whole having you have Luca, you have, mm-hmm. and then you end up having Kyrie, and then we're like historically bad on defense. It's just been a, yeah, it's just been a bad season. But let's just see what happens tonight against the Lakers and Timberwolves, and maybe the Lakers will lose, and we'll have a glimmer of hope. Yes, that's that's kind of the the best thing we have going for us is a glimmer of hope. Um, you got anything else before we? I'm on the camera. You can check this out. Let me see. Uh, ticket. You see it there? Oh yeah. Yeah, that's the that's my actual ticket that I went to the game. That's pretty awesome. I yeah, I yeah. have to figure out like you guys can tell you... behind me like I'm slowly adding stuff to the room here and yeah. there. I have this um this see this is just terrible. This is terrible video video casting, but but you know I don't you guys you guys don't mind like so in my um yeah cool I have to have my office door open because I don't have a, a lighting above me. Do you see that <laughs> that up there of Dirk shooting over Wade? Oh wow. There's the, there was this company that came out, I don't know, mid, mid-teens called Rare Inc. And okay. all they had was licensed NBA photos, that, like the Getty stuff, that, and, and then they put it on prints. And I have like two or three of them. They're all just amazing. But I love stuff like that. I love seeing people's stuff. I would do a yeah, whole yeah. Mavs podcast just on seeing people's stuff. 
Yeah. So. And I just don't want us to, at the end of the day, be like, oh, at least they won it in 2011. I don't want to be saying that the rest of my life. Like, we got to. I know. One. We got to get one with Luca at some point. It'd just be a travesty. He ended up being 28, 30 years old, and then he ends up learning all these lessons at the Mavs' expense, and then ends up balling out for the Nuggets or whatever, you know, down the road. I just hope that's making dark times here, but I don't know. Anything can happen in, in a season of trades. Crazy things can happen where, you know, we hit lightning in a bottle like last year. I mean, I don't know. There's ups and downs, but let's just uh, take it one day at a time, and hopefully we'll get something good out of this, at least maybe the draft pick. So. Well, you are the man for kicking us off. I really appreciate your time, Chris. Thanks, Kurt. Appreciate okay. it. Okay. So we got four people in the waiting room right now. One of them is Brian Zillum, uh, Mavs Moneyball contributor. Uh, and then uh, we have my man, Tim Cato. And I, oh God, and then Dalton Trigg too. So guys, I'm going to have to bring Tim up because Tim is an actual working reporter. Working hard right now, Tim Cato, what's going on? What up? How are, How are you? you? I am uh, transcribing shit. And oh. stuff. Uh, when I transcribe stuff, I look for any opportunity to not do that. And I so saw what, what are we transcribing? Uh, just finished a Clay Thompson interview I did a f- few weeks ago. So oh, that's pretty cool. Talking about, uh, should I say? I don't know when this story is running. So, <laughs> well, there are, there are 28 people in this live stream. We, we're not getting a lot of traction quite yet. It's going to take me months to build up an actual audience. We only have 500 subs. And so it's like there'll be a cresting point where I think people will join these regularly. But I'm just like, I'm trying to get experience with the platform. So I did what's Dennis going on? Smith Jr. I did Dennis Smith Jr. too. I'll, I can say Ooh. it. I'm talking about dunks. You, have, Kirk, are you aware of um, the uh, basketball phenomenon known as dunking? Uh, I, I other teams have have had it. I have seen the Dwight Powell dunks. Uh, mm-hmm. The the rare Luka Doncic dunk, similar is like a Luka Doncic salad. Things that just aren't happening very often. But tell me more. Just about about dunking, how it hurts, stuff like mm. that. So it should be a good feature. That's to cool. That. Yeah, you know. So I talked to yeah, I talked to Dennis Smith Jr. Actually, I talked to Austin Rivers, and he kept saying, you know, you know, how people have just like these little patterns of speech. He kept saying, you know what I mean. And every single time, I remember three months ago when I did this interview, I had to resist the urge of being like, no, Austin, I do not know what you mean. I have never dunked in my life. So there is a service that Brian Zillum, who's waiting to talk, shared with me called Descript.com that transcribes stuff. Yeah, I've used a few over the years. Do you year. not like those? Um, it depends on the interview. Long interviews, yes. Short interviews um, kind of helps me to actually listen back and get an idea of how they're sure. saying it, what they're saying, it, the context I'm saying it, stuff like that. If, if I'm – if I'm, and usually for an interview um, – a lot of the times I know what I'm using. So if it's like an hour long and there's a little bunch of filler, yeah, I do use auto AI uh, to do stuff like that. But, I understand. Uh, so anyway. You well, let's, yeah, this is industry in. nonsense for people that I'm interested in. Um, yeah. Tell me, so so what is what is on your mind as we slog through these final four games? Um, it's five, isn't it? Five games. Yeah. Shows yeah. you where my head is. Well, I, you said four and I thought, well, could be that. Um, what is on my mind? I, man, I wish I had a good answer. Um, I mean, are, do you, do you agree with what I was just talking about, Chris, that the Mavericks are in like the ultimate, like they're in the worst possible situation of both ends between not being in the top 10 and 
Like this could be, I'm trying not to panic because I don't think panicking is healthy, but it's on the, it's from a fan perspective. Like this is on the edge of like an abyss, like very similar to how, and this is a terrible time, but do you remember when they lost out on Mike Conley and Hassan Whiteside? And it was like, Oh no, we're not. And then they had to go Hassan hair. Like it's similar to that. Like they don't have a lot of choice. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, I think that a friend of ours, um, a mutual friend of ours, um, texted me recently something about, I like the idea of the Mavs adding, adding a top 10 pick to a core of Luca, Jaden, Hardy, and Josh Green. So and I think everybody likes that idea, but that is not a core that is going to turn it around and get back to the conference finals next year. That is a core that shifts this team very clearly not into Luca's rookie year, not that bad, but mm. it shifts the team back into a little bit of a building phase. Maybe, Maybe what they should have had in year two if they didn't have Porzingis. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and the, you know, we can go back and, and look at how they built the team, and I know that you guys do this constantly, and it, it you should. I, th- I think it's I think there's a lot of value in really horse. how teams are built and how <laughs> the Mavericks – both messed it up, but also we're unfortunate in some ways. You know, Mike Pellucci, my my 77 Minutes co-host, my old editor, has a theory that not only were the Mavs, uh, like just constantly over the past decade plus, the Mavericks have been a step behind on in, in so many ways. Um, the examples being, you know, the CBA. You guys you guys are, are the number one people who talk about this. But the CBA, the Mavs thinking, Mark Cuban thinking that, just having cap space would be enough to sign players. Yeah. Yeah. A one that is a little bit more unfortunate is the idea of um, Chris Epps and trading for him when uh, drop coverage centers were all the rage. That's where NBA. This is the great, this is his great take. I love this take. take. And within a year of that trade, the NBA was already shifting to switching and mobility as the number one asset that you can have from a center defensively, from a big man on that end. And it's it's a really good take. And it's not entirely the Mavs' fault that the NBA, you know, I don't I don't know if you or I predicted this. I'm sure some teams did. They clearly did not fully. You know, they there's a hundred reasons, you know, there's plenty of reasons why they traded for Christoph Porzingis, but the idea of him as a defensive um, you know, that he was going to be their best defensive player. That that was absolutely true. That's what they felt he could and would be for them. And, you know, all the off, brush all the offense aside, he was not that player. And yep. the NT played a factor in it. He's been decent this year on the defensive end. But he is not the type of player that can ever be, you know, a top 10 or even a top 30 probably defensive player, even if he has value on that end. And so... Yeah, that's that's where the team is. And, and they made the decisions that put them in a situation where even adding a top 10 pick um, or trading it, you know, I almost have to wonder if is it better to go get a top 10 pick? Is it better to have a top 10 pick and trade it? Or is it better to have those two first rounders that you can trade? Like, I wonder which of the three is most valuable to, to me. So drafts are very different. Come and go. 
but next year's draft is already considered worse than this year's. And I just like the, the you know, it's the gambler, like, oh, I'm going to, we're finally going to win one. Dalton Trigg is waiting to talk. We we talk about this all. It's like the Mavericks are due to one day to have a piece of good lottery luck. Uh, I don't know if it'd be this year, but I just can't help but think that, you know, either if they were to luck into a top four pick, that's, that's franchise shifting. If they were to stay at 10 or nine, that's a different conversation because then I think you do have to consider moving the pick. Um, but it's just, I, I can't also, and this is just hear me out here. Cause you've covered the team longer than I have. The draft is fun to talk about. Like I would love to talk about not Kyrie Irving for two months. Like as much as I like him, it, it's, it's, I don't want to like, you know, smav social media, like goes down the toilet bowl it, because there's just like, we run out of stuff to talk about and draft is fun. So it's like, I, that's really where I am right now. So. I agree. I I hope they have a pick for that reason. If they do, there is probably more value in trading it, but it's fun to have young players. It's fun to have young prospects. You know, it's been very, you know, the only redeeming, you know, the only redemptive thing about the season is Jaden Hardy. Yep. And I thought Josh has looked good at times. We, we have to figure out why Josh turns into a pumpkin when Luca and Kyrie play. Like that's something for scientists to study. Um, but I, I, I've liked what I've seen in spots. Yeah, really is that it's really peculiar. It's like, he just, it's like he becomes uh early stage um, Dorian Finney Smith where it's like, okay, I'm going to do the one thing I'm on the court to do. And it's like, no, no, no. What makes you fun. Josh green is the fact that none of us know what the hell you're going to do next, including the coaching staff and your teammates. Like go be the weird X factor. That's my hope. And, and what's funny is he's such a fast tempoed guy that you think that, and I guess he was pretty good when it was just Kyrie, right? Yep. And but he he found ways to be effective, even with Luca. Although maybe he maybe if we really look back, kind of with this theory in mind, uh, he was always much more effective in the non-Luca minutes than with the Luca minutes, because he is just kind of chaotic. He's just a guy who kind of like needs. It almost seems like he needs the pace and tempo to be as good as he can be that's an interest the pace and tempo thing i like that that's a really good thought it's a yeah. really good thought yeah well, well anyway, that's what i have i'm in my miami hotel room they gave me a, a damn apartment seems like there's like a bedroom over there man hey you got to enjoy life on the road a little bit because you know what you might not be traveling very much unless you get to go do something special if the mavericks are in the playoffs <laughs> I think I think they're going to make me do some playoffs, whether the Mavs make it or not. Okay, so, you know I am not a I'm not a rooting man. I do not have not a, anymore. I'm, they beat I'm, that out of you in like 2013. It's it's so funny. Even if I had rooting interest in the Mavs, which really has faded, like what would be stronger than that is rooting interest in what makes what is best for me. Good stories, no, it, good stories yeah. because like you, it's it's liking going to work. And this season has sucked in that regard for everyone. I mean, there were at certain points in the NBA season, particularly during the first 40 games, you'd go to ESPN.com and four of the like top 10 stories would be bad NBA news, be it injury, be it some, and it's just like, this has just been, you know, it's, it's not a great season, but thank you for taking part of your time and hanging out with me. I, I, People don't want to hear me. They want to hear people like you. So, and you had a podcast come out yesterday, which is on my feed to listen to. Seventy-seven minutes in heaven. Who what, who was on with you yesterday? It was Mike Pellucci. I was very sleepy. Um, sure. 
we'll uh we'll bring it with uh our whole cohort of co-hosts next killer so that will be more fun not that you know you should always listen to my podcast but you should yeah but all right i'm gonna go thank you for distracting me from transcription i am gonna go enjoy some miami tonight outstanding just like the marriage do not worry about me tim cato doing great (laughs) good man we'll talk soon let's hang out when you get back in town yes sir all right bye if you're a basketball junkie then you know there's no better time of year than the nba playoffs twice a week jj reddick is cooking on his podcast the old man and the three he has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else including devin booker on why he talks so much trash ray allen's epic free throw competitions with lebron in miami and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, JJ breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, so coming up next is my man, Dalton Trigg. But in the meantime, if you want to talk, you want to click that link that's pinned to the top of the YouTube comments, all right? You'll come into a waiting room where I will then bring you on stage. If you don't have the greatest audio or video set up, honestly, I don't care. I want to talk to you. I want to look at you and and hear what you have to say. We had a great time the other night after the game. We got a pretty good amount of people in here for a Friday afternoon. Maybe we'll do it again. All right, Dalton, what is happening, my guy? What's up? Turn I don't your, have t- are you on your phone? I am. I don't have my laptop with me. So turn I'm, your turn your phone. Hold on. Let me. Uh... There we go. Hey, there we go. Yeah. Okay. So what's happening? Ah, uh, not much. I'm just trying to uh, kill off the rest of the day. Sure. Yeah. That's why I did this. <laughs> I'm. Uh, I, I kind of. I feel for Tim Cato. I, I also hate transcribing. I'm glad that. Uh, you know, our guy, Grant Afseth, he's kind of taken the brunt of that this year. <laughs> so, and I, I'm, I'm really happy he has because I, I can't stand it. Well, what's on your mind today? What are you thinking during uh, – during as, as we kind of get through this this process? I'm kind of 
I don't know, man. It's kind of like with uh, what Kyrie Irving said, being at peace and everything. I, that's kind of how I feel. I mean, I obviously you'd like to see them make the playoffs, mm. but I mean, it's they don't control their own destiny anymore. They got to have help from the outside. Uh, if they don't make it, you know, there's a chance they can keep their pick. Uh, which, you know, like you said previously, we're hoping uh, beyond all hope that <laughs> that they could keep that pick and possibly, you know, go up in the draft for the first time in franchise history. Which, you know, it's just – it's crazy to me how bad their luck is in the lottery. You know, having the same odds, uh, you know, that one time what, – what was it, 2019, had the same mm-hmm. odds as the Grizzlies and the Pelicans – and the Grizzlies and the Pelicans end up one and two, and the Mavs end up. I think they went down a spot. <laughs> yeah. No, and it's 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 so there's a scene in Friday Night Lights that's you know based on a true story, and we're talking about I mean the movie Friday Night Lights, where to get into the playoffs they have to do a coin flip, a three team coin flip, where the two teams that correctly flip the coin get in, and that's what that was, where you just in the Mavericks were on the shit end now. Why were they on the shit end? Was it because Devin Harris went bananas and because uh, Luca's guy? Well, who was it? Um, big guy uh, from, from Tunisia. Yes, Salamedri. God. <sighs> remember God. our man uh, Chuck Cooperstein. He was. He's was like, this is a one guy draft, and Zion Williamson. I still remember arguing with him about that. Guess what? It was a pretty dang good draft. Oh well, what are you gonna do? Well, I mean, look. I mean, obviously, you don't want to you don't want to say it's a given that they're not going to make it because there's still five games left. Yeah. You know, the, they're pretty close to the, uh, I think the thunder is the team directly above them. It's a one game. The thunder have a one game lead. Really. It's a two game lead because they have the tiebreaker, yep. uh, but they have a really tough schedule to end the, in the season. They're at Indiana tonight. I don't know who all is playing for Indiana, but they're playing at Indiana. They still you might play. be suiting up. Rick Carlisle might play some minutes. Yeah. They're they're masterfully just throwing out shit on the table. It's bad. But they it's tough. They they still play the Suns. Um I forgot who else they play. I, they might play the Warriors again. They have three. I know they have three of their last five are really, really tough. Uh, and then you have the the Pacers game on the road. So you never know what can happen there. I think the Pelicans, um, you know, I don't really trust the Pelicans. Uh, even though they've been playing good as of late, uh, you know the Lakers—they could still catch the Lakers. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of different possibilities, and they own the tiebreaker against the Lakers. The only team above them they do own the tiebreaker with. So, uh, I don't know. We'll see. It, I mean, it would be if the Mavs ended up making the playoffs. Uh, then you're going to see my full, you know, sure. full optimism. It's fun. Why would you not? My screen name there, Mavs Ted Lasso. That's where it's really going to come out if they make it, because it's like you have Luca and Kyrie. Luca is just a basketball god in the playoffs. His playoff, I remember. They're, some, they're be- his numbers are better than you remember every time. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was uh, uh, Jeff Van Gundy during that uh, Sixers game on ESPN Wednesday. Uh, sometime during that game, I was listening to the broadcast, and he was just like, you know, I just randomly wanted to look up Luca's. Uh, playoff numbers because he he just wanted i don't know mm-hmm. look at him and he was just like holy crap <laughs> yeah, they're ridiculous thought it was so look if they get luca and Kyrie semi healthy together in a playoff series i mean i who knows what can happen but 
I don't know, man. I'm just, like I said, I'm at peace with whatever happens. I just hope if they don't make it in, that something good happens with that draft pick because, I mean, it's just, it's been brutal for years. And this team really needs something. I mean, they're, they've messed up so much over the last handful of years. Like, Really okay, can I re- I got to read this comment because this just goes this yeah. goes with exactly what you're saying. Marksman 18 says, when Dallas drafted Doncic, I was prepared. I was promised a good organization by the Slovenian NBA reporters, but since then I see nothing but a clusterfuck and a delusional owner in his midlife crisis. Bingo! <laughs> God, I love interactive media. There you go. So, well, look, I mean, I look. We'll we'll, we'll have to see how it goes, but I. I'm just, oh shoot! I don't know Are you what. Good. I, normally, I would do this on my laptop. This is no, kind of, this is great. That's why I like doing it this way because it is this easy. Um, well, I'm gonna let you go here, but before we go, everybody needs to know that Dalton is turning fucking 30 years old tomorrow, which is disgusting. I thought he was in his 30s already. He's not, <laughs> and I hate him. So I just I want that on the video record. <laughs> Final hours of my 20s. It feels you said it's great. <laughs> That's a fact that I'm still in my 20s. I think it's gross that I'm actually starting to turn 30. Because everybody says when you turn 30, it's just, you know, downhill from there. But No, no. Every year is great. Look, I started the YouTube channel at 38. Every There's always possible of growth. So I see my man Shaco in the comments. Welcome, my guy. We got some, some good folks in here. Share, okay? I need you all to be sharing and talking about that. Dalton, you got anything else before we go? No, that's it. I appreciate you having me on. I Happy. Love- Friday. I love the pod rebrand. The logo looks nice. I mean, I, I think you're uh, – I'm glad you're part of the, the Blue Wire. Right. We're, we're part of the same Blue Wire podcast company. That's right. So this is awesome. there. We'll have to I do some for, yeah. cross content together. That's right. This, the, you guys subscribe to the Step Back Mavs. Check out DallasBasketball.com. I actually have a DallasBasketball.com article pulled up I was going to talk about. We'll see if we get to it. Thanks, Dalton. Talk soon. All right. We'll see you. All right, we got uh, a lot of people waiting to talk, so let's do this. Coming up next is my man, Brian Zillum. He's a Mavs Moneyball contributor, and I made him wait, even though he was like the second person in here. Sorry, Brian. <laughs> no, it's all good. Can you hear me, Kurt? I can. You sound uh, – this is much better than the other night, but I can tell you're on your desktop now. So what's uh, up? Yes. When in doubt, I'm going to just not even fuck around with my phone. Sure. I'm going to go directly desktop. But uh, uh, no, Tim, Cato, and uh, Dalton always take priority over me. I'm just I'm, I'm just me, so. True. Um, yeah, happy Friday, everybody. Happy birthday, Dalton. Uh, fuck you for finally turning 30. It's, just, um, it's angering. Yeah. No, like, uh, you know, I'm. It's, it's better shit comes up as you're getting older. Like, I, I can, I, I can uh, contest to that. So. You just can't eat like you used to. That's the, like, the, the worst part about getting older is the inability to eat. Like, things just start disagreeing with you. Right. Now, I will say, and you can't drink as much. See, I, I, no. At pandemic i i became a professional drinker <laughs> of alcohol so <laughs> uh interesting um i was drunk yeah that... those podcasts not anymore can't do that now on video <laughs> gotta got behave a little bit That's right friday get, get your solos ready people who are watching and listening um yeah i, I it's been uh you know i i don't want to blame me for having the, my first official season at as a member of Mass Moneyball, maybe I'm the bad luck for this team sucking because uh, this has been 
an interesting experience just throughout the staff and not only the fan, because I feel like the fans and the staff of Maz Moneyball are going through the same thing where nobody wants to do anything or watch That's correct. team anymore. No one wants like, to write anything. Everyone no, is sad. Um, but I, I find it actually fascinating because assuming, you know, if the worst of the worst happened and the Mavs finished 11, mm. they don't make the plan, don't have the draft pick. I think there are so many different angles that you could talk about because, because I don't think there's really like a right answer ultimately because there's so many different variables on like how we got to this point. There's not like an overnight fix that you can do to fix. Oh, no. Like, yeah. No. This yeah. Is... That's why to me as a nerd, like I'm so fascinated. And I know I probably talk too much in the Slack channel anyway, but I wanted to ask you uh, just directly because obviously it's interesting to see kind of like the DFW Metroplex like uh, media like aspect that finally get on board where like kid needs to go but for you personally if kid and nico were a package do you keep nico if they get if they got rid of kid no i don't see well see see i only ask because there's so many different variables of nico because you know they supposedly kid and him are good buddies right but then i want to go back to the christian wood thing that is the weirdest thing in this kind of their whole entire relationships because obviously nico wanted wood but then jason kidd what he said no which if they're a package deal and communicating all the time it just seems like they were on two separate universes like when that actually happened i i mean and then maybe kid was like kid to a degree was kind of right on wood being like i wouldn't have been a petty asshole to him like he was the entire year but that to me is kind of like weird and interesting. And yeah, they hit on Jaden Hardy. Sure. But like if he's kind of just there just to be his cap space guy, if we were resetting the button on everything, wouldn't you want a nerdy guy from Memphis being your GM? Like that that's just me because And that's and that's guys. where it's like if we're building a two K roster, yes. But because there's the relationship element involved, I'm not sure what they can do. I really because the thing that I, I have to be fair about is that Kid and Nico came into a situation that was pretty brutal as is. Fair. Okay. Like for some reason, Nico gets credit for the Reggie signing. And that based That's... off how we know free agency works, it was done before the season was over. Right. Um, I, so it's like, but that said, they've done okay. Like they, they tried some things, but they didn't try enough in my opinion. And the Mavericks are just on this like linear path. And, you know, the fact that the Mavericks haven't recouped any draft assets assets ever mm-hmm. is brutal. I mean, their second round picks were getting handed out like candy and the Mavericks didn't have any options. So, right. And the reason I asked, should Nico go if kid goes is if they are, you know, if there was that ultimate timeline where they actually brought in a coach, I would want his guy to be in there because mm-hmm. I don't, that, that's the problem because a kid and Nico had to come in and clean up the mess. That, you know, they, like you said, they weren't giving like necessarily the best situation, but if there was a new coach coming in and he has an idea of a roster and Nico has a different idea, I don't want that. I want like, uh, I mean, to me, if it's me, I hire a different GM first. And then you hire the head coach. They did the way they did it was so convoluted and just back ass backwards because I, the GM should always have control over the head coach, but you know, Cuban's going to Cuban and do whatever the hell he wants. So I, there has to be some streamline of communication where my world, hypothetically, give me one of those nerdy people in Memphis that we can steal. 
And then at that point, whether they want to go through a college route or maybe there's an assistant out there that yeah. needs an opportunity, whether it be Sam Cassell. Well, you have to know. That's the real thing is you have to have someone in mind. And so yes. my kid feelings aside, I actually don't think the Mavericks are prepared to do this, which means just like the hiring of kid, it would be kind of a half-cocked action. And I'm not interested in that. The devil you know is sometimes better than the devil you don't. And that's that's sort of where I am at the moment. But uh, Brian, you got anything else? Because I see some folks getting, uh, ch- uh, 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 you know, uh, restless so oh I'm yeah gonna, no if they switch if, back if, over yeah I'll, I'll let them jump in uh and i'll hang out and listen but uh, you are the man for hanging out though i really appreciate it of course later buddy all right talk soon okay coming up next i so my friend derek is waiting to talk i'm gonna pull him up here in a second but i see janez who looks to be outside uh and anybody that is waiting to talk hi. outside welcome hi. What's up? hi uh a bit nervous uh new guy here so uh, yeah um so it's kind of I mean, like I said on on the on the um, chat on the comment on the YouTube, right? I was I was kind of I'm not an NBA guy, but I'm, but I'm a sports guy, so I know how things should be done, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you have to. We were promised a good organization that is well run and with a good owner and stuff like that, and um, and instead we got we all we have is. Strange trades, uh, Dallas always somehow trading downwards, mm-hmm. never up, right? I mean, if you look at, let's say, Porzingis trade, right? We we traded a lot for Porzingis, and in the end, all that is left is an expiring Kyrie and Davis Bertans. And you lost, in the meantime, you lost Brunson, you lost Dorian, you lost... Dean Vidi and a couple of guys that were useful and you now have a roster that is junk, right? So, yeah. So, basically, that's all I all I had to say. So, Well, I appreciate the comment and I'll, I'll address it here um, and, and let you go. But thank you for, for it because I really appreciate you coming up on stage and talking. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. So, this is tough. This is really tough for me because... I am a Dallas fan. I love Luca, second favorite player behind Dirk. But I, I, I bought the idea that the Mavericks were a well-run organization for a very long time, because what the Mavericks do as an organization are very good about telling you that they're a well-run organization. We know what we're doing. We have a plan. Trust us. We're not done yet. All the stuff they leak to local media, um, which I am ostensibly part of but i don't really participate other than doing this sort of thing and so they're they're so good at marketing themselves as smart that it's taken people a long time to come around to the fact that it's they may not be dumb but they've certainly not done a very good job and that's you know ryan just says in the chat they have not continued to innovate so it's it's really unfortunate. It's very disappointing for me. Okay, coming up next is my friend Derek. Um, Derek's been waiting for a while. I feel bad for not adding him earlier. Derek, what is going on, my guy? You're muted right now. I'll give you a second to uh, rejoin here. Um, I think he was at work today, and he just uh, just wanted to. Hey, what's up? There we go. Yeah. Uh, it's... Um... Derek is a Wolves fan, and he's looking down on us. So how so? How is it up there? Um, well, I was a Wolves fan until I started covering this team. And I think by the time that 
the Jimmy Butler fallout happened, and I was like, any part of me that was dormant while I was still doing this as media was killed off then. Sure. It's just too much. <laughs> I can hear I hear that. So no, what I are we what are we thinking today? What what is what is the wolves hope for playoffs right now as 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 you're climbing climbing through this? I mean, beat the Lakers tonight. That's that's the big one. Because I think if yeah, the Lakers win tonight, they take the seventh seed. Wolves go to down to eight. And it's that's funny, it's like I, I mean, yeah, it's it's you know the way that things went, and despite all the hand wringing early in the season, I was I'm kind of surprised they're where they are right now. Sure. Um, and you know, like to keep the theme of this stream, like I always thought, like the Mavs would be in there, like that's you know, and then unfortunately opens the door for a team like the Lakers. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of crazy that they've been able to, you know, just tread water until Towns came back. And, you know, Anthony Edwards, I was, you know, pretty incredible in getting, you know, real point guard in there around Rudy Gobert. And it's like, okay, well now this team can actually be something and have an identity, which they didn't really have with Russell. I mean, I'm not really a big Russell guy, but you know, there are definitely different styles there that clearly fit better than the other, you know, based on just, you know, how things have gone since those trades went down. Well, taking the big swing, is really difficult, but then admitting the elements of the swing don't work and doing something new in season is really hard. And for the wolves to pivot like they did is pretty impressive. The Mavericks just, they never, we heard as, as Mavs fans, we heard for 40 games that, Oh, this is fine. This is fine. Oh, look, we, we went on a seven game win streak where Luca had to average 46 points uh, per win. Like that's like, that was somehow, it's it's just it's very it's very difficult because mistakes in team building are diff, are hard, but and I'm curious as to if wolves as an organization do this. Do the wolves organization tell you how smart they are a lot? Is that a thing that happens? Not really. I I think Rosas for a while kept things pretty tight lipped um, before you know he was dismissed, and you know Tim Connolly not much really seems to you know get operate out. He's in the darkness. Really, yeah. Yeah, a little more on that. Um, I think when it was more David Kahn, you know, it was pretty quick to tell you how smart he thought he was. And that's always kind of a problem when someone's willing to volunteer how smart they are. Um, that usually doesn't wind up working out very well. But yeah, you know, I, I think one thing too, like when you're looking at like how like these teams are, you know, mid-season, like no one around 40 games in the West, I mean, was really doing that great where you'd look like, well, we're 500-ish, like, mm-hmm. but so is everyone else around us. So, you know, it's not time to panic yet. But then all of a sudden, you know, you have a rough couple months or a good couple months, you know, like I think the ways like the Lakers and the Mavericks have gone in sort of opposite directions since the trade deadline. Um, it's just really interesting how this has become, how things have really started to solidify over the, the last few weeks there. Um, yeah. Well, I'm glad you came up here and talked. You bought me some some minutes as I'm figuring out what's next. Uh, you uh, you you get back to work on this Friday. I guess it is probably it's four fifteen. Nobody's working. Everybody's yeah, just lying no. about working. So. <laughs> I'm done. All right, man. You have a good day. Thanks for hanging out. Hey, thanks, Kirk. Well, I've known Derek for years, and I think that might be the first time I've actually like talked to him face to face. That's really funny. Um, I love this kind of stuff. All right, um, coming up next then is we've had Luca seventy seven waiting. I don't think it's Luca Doncic, but we're gonna we're gonna see if it is. Hey, what's going on? What is going on? I'm not sure what's going on with my phone here. I tried to turn it sideways, trying to get my camera going, but 
We can hear you, and that that works for me. That's good enough. That's good enough. So y'all might uh, know me on Twitter is is Fire Mark Cuban, uh, or now now it's Fire Jason Kidd. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know not everybody's a fan of the of the movement, um, but I mean, like what what Nico said today. I guess how much do we buy into Nico saying that Jay Kidd is the guy? Like you know, some people think like, oh, he's just saying that because he has to show support right now. And, like, I don't know if they're a package deal or not, but it just seems like there's so many excuses available to Nico and to Mark for Jason Kidd not doing better this year. So they, they, they seem like they're ignoring the fact that he can't drop an out-of-bounds play. They seem like they're ignoring the fact that, you know, they're 0-13. Besides Maxie hitting that shot, um, they were, yeah, they were two games away from a nine-game losing streak where they needed to beat the Spurs in overtime and the Maxi game winner. Yeah, and so, like, Jason Kidd, he, he has a resume that's long enough. It's a big enough sample size as an NBA head coach to see that he is an average or below-average NBA head coach. If you remove his little time in the bubble, and I don't know how much stock you can really put into what he did with the Lakers, yes, he's well-respected. Yes, people like him. But as a head coach in the NBA, his resume says that he is not very good. And the eyeball test alone tells you that he does not have any creative or innovative offensive sets. The fact that Kyrie is being buried in the corner when Luke is getting doubled, Christian Wood, Jaden Hardy had 21 DMP coaches decisions this year, and he had 17, I think it's now 18 games where he played less than 10 minutes. Like, is there any other team or any other coach in the league that buries those two guys on the bench like that? Probably, to be honest, yeah. The, the Hardy stuff is the one area where coaches just don't play rookies. But as to everything else that you said, you probably couldn't see this here talking. I scrolled through Mavs Film Room's timeline, who transcribed a big part of Bennett of the interview he gave today. You're referencing it was on Ben and Skin's show. And honestly, it's one of these things that teams do. And he can't come out and say anything other than sort of, it's not PR stuff, but they're not going to say, oh, the sky is falling and we're fucked. Like they, they cannot, he can't say that. But I did feel like he was, at least in elements of his interview, he said, you know, we all are going to be evaluated. And that's better than nothing because it, it there's some acknowledgement of the fact that things have really gone poorly. I mean, I think the Mavericks are four and nine when Kyrie and Luca play together and almost all of those losses were clutch losses. And, you know, if two or three or five games go different, do we feel completely different about this team? I don't think I would because I'm kind of categorically out on kid and have been since that Lakers loss earlier this year, but it, it's, I, I don't know what will cause them to move, my man, because the real challenge is number one, you got to have somebody to replace him. Number two, you really have to be willing to admit defeat. And that's one thing this team has never, ever been good at that they failed. Uh, my friend Matt Moore is waiting to talk in the comments, and he aggregated the piece several years ago after they lost out on Dwight uh, uh, Howard. So we're talking 2013, God, 10 years ago. Um, where they had been chasing Dwight Howard for two years. They built everything around going to get Dwight Howard. The moment they missed out on Dwight Howard, within an hour, Mark Cuban said, we'll be better off without him. It's just a constant moving of the goalposts. And so everybody that covers the team or follows the team casually is inadvertently, okay, everything's under control. Look at how confident this guy is talking. 
and and it works. And so I I don't know. I found the local media tenure, you know, like Bob Sturm of the ticket is a pretty loud voice uh, in dictating conversation locally. He's kind of out wondering out loud if kid is going to be kept. And so it's like that those conversations are happening at all is really interesting to me. Does that, yeah, does that think, make any sense? Yeah. And I think too, like it, it's barely hit the national media a little bit within the last week or two about Jason Kidd and is he the guy where it was definitely something that was talked about local, but I think like it's seen it on first take and Jason Williams. So like it's getting a little bit of attention and maybe I'm delusional. Maybe have some have suggested it's a mental illness, but April 5th is fire Jason kid day. at America. <laughs> April 5th is fire Jason kid day. And I know that again, not everybody is, is down with the movement down with the revolution, but I generally feel like if, if we are able to get, say, 1,000 people, 2,000 people, 5,000 people chanting fire Jason Kidd at the game, does that not put some additional pressure? Does Nico and Mark not hear that? I'm not saying that is the difference, but it certainly has to have an effect if we can get thousands of people chanting that at the well, AAC. I, here, here's the problem. Jason Kidd is like fifth on their list of issues. That's kind of – but Jason Kidd is also the easiest thing to handle. So – whether they would make him a scapegoat and scapegoat's not right. Cause he's responsible for stuff, but it's, I, I just, I, I, I see them potentially moving on from him, but it would be, it would be, you know, one of these things where they come out and Jason kids, like I've agreed to step down as coach kind of thing, not like a firing, like a resignation. Like I, the, you know, does, does that make sense? Yeah. And I guess because he is so beloved in Dallas because of his time with Dirk and him and Nico have the relationship. And so like, maybe they roll it out like that just for, it's a better look. And that way he can come back later and, and still be accepted by the fan base. Sure. Um, it, it's, it's uh, I can't I'm imagine grateful to kid the player. I'm just not interested in kid the coach. I cannot imagine them starting next season with Jason kid at the helm. And like the idea that he's lost that locker room. I mean, it, Again, they can say everything they want, but it looks clear from the eyeball test that if you come out that flat against Charlotte in back-to-back must-win games, and the idea that he's putting a game plan together, but they're just not executing it, that means they're not listening to you if they're not executing your game plan in must-win games. And so, like, I just don't see how they can keep him, but I also don't think they're going to move on from him because they have injuries trades or we just if we just make shots they have too many excuses to point at instead of just looking at the raw data and the facts that he's not a good nba head coach yeah well thank you for hanging out with us i appreciate y'all having me on man april 5th fire jason kid day i'll see y'all at the aac you're always welcome back talk soon okay coming up next is my man chico williams let's uh Let's chat. Tell me what's going on, my friend. I don't know. Can you see me? Can you hear me? I don't know. We can there. hear you. We can't see you, but that's that's okay. We we can we can work with this where I'm the main one talking. What's going on? All right, cool. Nice having me up. Um, yeah, I've been around for the 2003 Western Conference Finals when Dirk got hurt. 
Yep. I was around for the 2006 finals where it was stolen from underneath our noses. Oh. I was around for the We Believe Warriors when we got beaten the first round, but I have never been more depressed watching the Mavericks than I am this, this season. I it's been not fun, and expectations kind of hurt things, but it's also just been bad basketball. Yeah, maybe um, overachieving going to the Western Conference Finals last year was the cause of this. But, yeah, it, it, it has not been a good season. Um, I don't know. Josh Green is doing his best Aaliyah impression with the back and forth song. Like, one game he's like, oh, yeah, Josh Green, he could start on this team. And then the next game is like, damn, Josh Green, send him to the G League. Like, I don't know what it is with the hesitation when he's out there with Luca and Kyrie. I... I, I, it's mind-boggling. Uh, of course, we know the issue with the Mavericks do face. We need some bigs. Yep. Uh, Moxie's hamstring is falling off the bone. <laughs> An underrated uh, problem that I don't think is discussed enough. Yes, and then if Dwight gets hit in the face one more time, he'll look like Sylvester Stallone. He's still pretty handsome for getting hit in the face that much. It's pretty I'm remarkable. I'm telling you, but I, I think one more full-on season because he's well into his 30s now. Mm-hmm. You know, in your 30s, shit starts to form different. True. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's not been fun. Um, but this is what happens when you skip the organic building because that's how good Luca was because, you know, we went rookie year, missed playoffs, second year, boom, straight in. You know what I mean? Uh, they rushed the trade with KP. Boom, yep. didn't work. Rushed another trade. Boom, didn't work. Rushed this one, and now uh, what is this? You know what I mean? Like, at some point, we have to face the basketball gods. We cheated the process several times. Um, but if we're going to keep it a buck, Mars are never really good at drafting players. Uh, I would well, they don't try. Point. Like, drafting yeah. Luka was the most obvious shit in the world, and... They, they should have kept their pick and taken in the Hawks player who Mark said Cuban didn't want because he wanted the cap space, which they didn't use. use. They didn't use it. They, they could have used the cap space. Unused Kent Bazemore at the same damn time. Kent Bazemore, thank you. You're the man. But, but, but it wasn't. But I, I, I don't get it. What Mark Cuban should have done was just hire you to do PR or, you know, social media because you literally will deluca to the Mavericks. I remember it like yesterday. Great, you know I mean? great, great year being drunk and just <laughs> yelling about Luca. But yeah, I it's not been fun. But I don't think I've literally watched the full Maverick game since probably I don't know February. Right. The, my favorite game of all time is when Jaden and Josh went off against Utah. So that's 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 my favorite game for the season so far. But it's not been fun. We need some change. You know, it's funny. That Nico says that, you know, Jason Kidd hasn't lost the locker room. Like, he has the air of the locker room, but they're just not executing. Like, right. I don't know how contradictory that is. That's, that's funny. That's not how it's supposed to work. I mean, maybe he hasn't lost the locker room, but, like, I feel like every huddle is one, two, three, Cancun. And it's been that way for, like, ten games. Yes. So. Yeah. And, yeah, I just want Luca to know that I, too, am sad. I'm sad of him. <laughs> <laughs> well thank you so much for waiting and talking yeah man well enjoy your friday all right talk soon with everyone fighting for attention how can your business stand out and connect with customers easy with constant contact constant contact's award-winning marketplace platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out stay top of mind and see big results fast it's okay if you don't know much about marketing 
Constant Contact's writing assistant tools and automation features help you craft messaging and say the right things at the right time. I use this to help write and send my email newsletters, and you should too. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right. Coming up next is my buddy Matt Moore, who I just saw yawn in the in the thing, and he's probably. Uh, Hey, Matt. You guys know Matt hey, more from the Action Network and HP Basketball, where he is everyone's favorite follow. What's happening? How you doing? I'm fine. I'm just figuring out how to use this thing, and I wanted to do it under less pressure. Like, when I do it at night, my wife is basically has no patience for this. She's like, and my office is off our bedroom, and she's made yeah. me do this downstairs. And so it's like, well, where can I... Where am I? Do- I it's all, I get all these comments like your sound sucks. I'm like, yeah, I know because I'm in my living room. I'd have nowhere to <laughs> nowhere to do this. Yeah, so. you gotta set that up. I got a I got a little basement office. Uh, I got a uh, I got I got a comment on the stuff you guys have talked about. <clears throat> like Lo mentioned it, and you mentioned it on the last pod with Josh about uh, Kyrie Luca pick and roll. Mm-hmm. So I have some so one consider here and i don't necessarily know this is why because mm-hmm. you know my feelings on the preference the preferences of your personnel in terms of how they run offense but i called dan tony for an interview before chris paul's first season with houston and mm-hmm. i was like and i was like oh so are you guys gonna like play or I, like how often are you thinking that you want to work in hard in uh chris paul pick and roll like having small small pick and roll and he was like, almost never. We're almost never going to do that. And I was like, really? And he was like, the problem is, if you're playing a, like a good team, and you have your two best defenders are going to guard Harden and Chris. Like, they will put their best wing defenders on those two guys. Which means that if we're putting them in pick and roll action, I'm not leveraging against a bad defender. I'm literally bringing two defenders that are above average because they have to be to guard those guys to the ball. Right. And so the thought process was you can't like if you if you use that pick and roll coverage, you're not like I'm trying to think of like a good team that to use this as an example, like the Celtics. Right. If it's mm. smart and Jalen, who's OK. All right. Um, sure. But if it's smart and Jalen, they're still pretty good. If you put those two guys, if those two guys are guarding Kyrie and Luke and you run that. Well, now all of a sudden, if they decide to, to blitz, you've got two quality defenders on the ball or they're just switching it and all you're not negating you're not gaining any sort of advantage there like there's no way to really game plan that now if you're facing a team that doesn't that has only one good defender you can leverage that but most times there's actually better ways to get that action going this doesn't mean that the off ball stuff is not a problem because you know when luke or Kyrie doesn't have the ball the other one just kind of like goes and chills out and it's my turn your turn and that's not good Mm -hmm. there's no lift right from the corner on those pick and rolls or anything like that but it's something to consider, I think, with the idea. We kind of make it out to be this idea of like, well, if you just run pick and roll, 
with those two guys, with your two best players, it's always going to be good. And you're right that the numbers are excellent. Like Zach pointed out how excellent those numbers are in short sample. But I do kind of wonder just from a long-term perspective, if Kyrie is retained, well, um, it's going to be a thing. So when in, in Matt is referencing Tim McMahon and Zach Lowe talking, the point when Luca was the ball handler, Kyrie was the screener. There were like 27 actions, something like that. And the point per possession was 1.6. And then when it was reversed, it was 1.5. So, like, we're talking ludicrous math here uh, for, for everyone involved. Now, the problem, I think, was that over the 12 games, it had happened, like, 30 times. So, we're talking right. less than two and a half times a game. Since then, it has gone up to, I think, four. it's more than four, maybe even eight, which it, they're running it, I think, is the point. Now, you and I know this. The offense is not the Dallas Mavericks problem. People might not right. like the way it looks, and that's right. a stylistic preference, but they score the yeah. shit out of the basketball, even with like JaVale McGee playing minutes and yeah. Reggie Bullock being unable to hit the broadside of a barn. Right. It's the defense. So I want to ask you about that because, um, you know, you had the comment the other day about, uh Nick's comment angst that talk about chemistry, right? About how mm. like these guys are all like most of these guys that still play together. So I, I brought this up the other day. Like I went through the defensive ratings for the Mavericks over the last five years, and it's like 17th, 22nd, 24th, seventh. That seventh yeah. is such nonsense. It's based off of one good month. So like that's the thing, right? Is like was last year just like this is the so I think this is the one of the things to kind of learn from this is is really I don't I'm not trying to 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 dig, dr drive the knife in, but like genuinely like last year's success was a negative for Mavericks fans. You oh, got yeah. to enjoy. It's the, very similar to the Hawks and the and the yeah. Trailblazers. Yeah, like the Hawks comparisons are crazy. Like makes the conference finals immediately regresses back to a mm -hmm. 500 team, mm -hmm. and so like. It really is kind of proof that if you don't have like sustainable long-term growth with a good underpinning, you're in real trouble. Like you have to, mm -hmm. to grow this the, the right way. And I think, you know, you and I have talked about this, about how the timeline on Luca got shifted up and all those types of things. I do want to ask you that though. In retrospect, with, with 2020 hindsight, do you wish that they had tanked for a few more years and just- Oh yeah, I didn't way? like, so I have tweet evidence- um, I know that's a like lame ass thing to say. I was not a fan of the Chris Stapps Porzingis trade because of our friend Jared Dubin, who wrote up that uh, that Chris Stapps had 13 lower body injuries before he was traded to the Mavericks. He yeah. is a man made out of paper mache, and he's about to sign another nine figure contract. Uh, he's <laughs> actually played pretty well, but yeah, he's been good. He, he's he was tiered higher than the kind of player he really is. If he's your third or fourth best player, you're going to have an okay team. If he's your second best player, you're going to suck. Sorry, just the nature of basketball. But I really wish they would have waited. Um, the the Luca Real Madrid fan, the Real Madrid fans and the Slovenian fans, I remember were telling me this. You were like, Luca is not going to put up with losing. He's not going to do it everywhere he's gone. He's won. Now, the challenging and, and flat, frankly, flat out awful part is if you go look at the Sacramento Kings, you go look at the Oklahoma City Thunder, you go look at the Memphis Grizzlies, all the teams that were around the Mavericks when they drafted Luca in 2018, and you look yeah. at the roster side by side comparison, what the Dallas Mavericks have done is a basketball war crime and i have been screaming this for four 
years only to be gaslit into being told, oh, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. And it has not been fine. And here we are relying on the good graces of Kyrie Irving. What a dark place to be. Now, I got I to gotta put a caveat with that. Kyrie, the experience has actually been pretty fun. He gives, you know, you and I have talked yeah. offline about how certain NBA players simply won't talk basketball. Like they think it's beneath them, beneath them to answer your questions. Kyrie answers interesting basketball questions when asked about it. I'm not sure if you've seen some of this stuff. Grant Afseth, the DallasBasketball.com loves asking him nerdy basketball shit. Like, what are you thinking when you're coming off of such and such action? And he'll answer. Um, so I really, I've, I've not hated the Kyrie experience. But that should be a canary in the coal mine because that means things can get worse. Because <laughs> he's been yeah, the like, light. <laughs> yeah, when, when you're like, well, the Kyrie thing's actually been okay, but everything else is terrible. That's concerning. Yep. Um, it's well, it's crazy because like I'm, I am all, usually first in line to blame Kyrie for his role in various disasters. But like on the other end of it, um, you know, it's lately it's been like when in the cl- when the clusterfuck comment came out, everybody was like. Eventually, it's just you, dude, and like all these kind of comments. I'm like, guys, and like, his his quote yeah. wasn't even that bad. I'm like, he hasn't done anything. Like, yeah. give him time; he'll yeah, screw right. up on his own. Mm-hmm. I know. Anyway, I, I did have something that I wanted to ask you, though specific. Okay, you're the one who told me this. You're the one who said uh, that if you fire a coach, you better damn well know who you're replacing him with. Like the Mavericks knew yes. they were going to replace Avery Johnson with Rick Carlisle. Like that was just yeah. written in the stars and it ended up working. So one of the things I've been talking with a lot of Slovenian fans about is that when Luca was with real, he was coached by two like, like basketball lunatics, like legendary coaches who rode his ass hard. I have, I've not pushed back because I, I really do think Luca needs someone to, effectively coach slash parent him into challenging him to make him do great. Like there's this incredible clip. I can't remember which coach it was where this guy's lighting into Luca on the sidelines for fucking up. Luca goes out and drills three straight threes to like back break the game. That's the sort of stuff Luca responds to. Like we've seen that for years. I don't see an NBA coach in the modern, like just way this stuff goes down. That would be willing to do anything like that at all. Yeah. There's a couple things here. One, Luca was a lot younger. I right? agree. That's yeah. When you're 16 and 18, it's like he's he's lucked. In. That's my pushback point. Where if he's now 24 and he's one of the five best basketball players alive, while having beverages, while eating what he wants, and 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 he's learned that he can do live life his way. And that's the that's been my pushback. He's you know he's gonna make 30. He's making 35 million a year, and he's. <laughs> Like, you know, you can't like, tell them nothing. You can't tell them anything. What are you supposed <laughs> to be able to do? You know, and like he's he's going through whatever he's going through, but um I just tend to always kind of revert back to really smart GMs, really smart executives have shared this line of thought process, and like they all kind of agree this is true. That everyone talks about culture for the most part, culture is defined by your best player. Like that's what defines your team. That's what defines your identity. That's what defines your culture. And like that, hearing that and thinking about that has reframed a lot of how I look at various teams Mm. and it's like good and bad. um, And for, for a lot of it. And I think you're seeing this with the Hawks. I think the Hawks are trying to like course correct on that 
because they took on the identity of Trey. I think that's been di- difficult for them. And so, you know, I think if Luca, I'll put it this way. If Luca wants to be coached harder and wants to be held more accountable, he should probably relay that. Like there needs to be like, and he, he doesn't have to publicly, right? Maybe he's done it privately. Maybe he said that like he's stormed into the office and like, you know, been like, why don't you guys get some accountability in here? Maybe he's doing that. But I think until you see that kind of a shift, it is okay to be like, this is probably something that he needs to get to, that he needs to, like, whether it's holding himself accountable or asking for the organization to hold him more accountable. To me, like, there's a gap there in the absence. As far as, like, coaching goes, that one's, again, that's, like, really tough. Is like, try to find it. Like, there's not a Rick Carlisle out there mm-hmm. right now. Like, there's not one of those guys. And so many of these coaches are struggling with the fact that they just are like, I can't, I can't get my players to do anything. I can't so get them to drop. The chat- I can't get them to play. In in the chat, we had a, a Slovenian commenter. I, God, I can't remember his first name at this point. His handle in there is Marksman18, but he says, Luca needs a coach that possesses the, th- uh, with a pedigree that possesses authority. That's all. Not some watch it, not someone watching like kid. One thing you'll notice is Luca has no problem taking blame, but it cannot be a one way street. I think that's a great comment, but I also think my, my pushback would be is that with the way, with how much money these guys make now, the superstars, everyone has sort of figured out that they can't do much. I agree. That's actually what Luca needs, but a coach with pedigree that will have authority. Phil Jackson's like 80 years old. There's no one left. Jason Kidd is a first hall of fame point guard with one of like, he's one of the NBA's 50 best players of all time. And he can't get through to Luca. Now I will say, I don't think he's tried. I think he's been, Big time. I'm gonna I'm gonna coax and I'm gonna relay on my 10 uh 10 assistants to do the job. That's actually, I think, a bigger criticism of a kid than anything, is he's just been sitting there. You've seen the games. He doesn't do he doesn't do the work. Right. Right. Anyway. So like trying to find the 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 right personality, I think, is gonna be like a real challenge. I think it's gonna be difficult, but also like a lot of this is gonna be on Luca to like establish like winning habits and whatever reason that that's not happening. Like that's, there's the heavy, there's a reason that in our Slack, I, I do love that nickname, the crown, like heavy's the crown, man. Like this is how, this is how it goes. If you, if you're going to be the, the MVP favorite two seasons in a row and, and you will be next year really too, get, and not even really get within range. Like mm-hmm. it's on you to really be yeah. able to make this run. You're going to have to like, up this this level of stuff. Oh, I like Ryan Parker's idea in there of getting Draymond. That's a good idea. Well, that's what know. you know. That's that's kind of like the what if you're not going to be held accountable by your coaching staff, then you have to be held accountable by a peer. That was why right. I pushed so hard for Goron. But one of the things that was pointed out to me is that even this past summer, Luca didn't really have much interest in listening to Goron. Like one of the reasons they lost is because the night before they were fucking around. And out late having drinks and, you know, maybe not drinking, but they were up late and they didn't perform their best. And it, that was like covered by some, uh, I don't want to call it, it was never like confirmed, but it was covered by like some outlets that I don't know how reputable they were. And that sort of stuff um, just catches up with you. And you got to have a team that will pull through in the, you know, it's like, I keep making the joke. The Mavericks have been in Miami for three days. Like, like my one of two things is going to happen. Kyrie is going to be coming out playing like a whirling dervish 
And if you don't know why I'm saying that, I'll just say that I'm going to stop talking. Uh, Luca might have a great, t- you know, or they're or they're going to look terrible. Like they're going to either destroy the Heat or they're going to roll over and die. There is no in between. And then they play the Hawk. Like it's just this is such a frustrating season. Such a frustrating season. It's going to turn. Well, it's thank you turn. for taking part of your day and hanging out with me. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Have a good one, y'all. All right, bye, Matt. Matt is the man. I know you guys don't like his Twitter presence, but um, da da da. He's a fun guy. I like Matt. One of my good friends. All right. Friend Joel, you've been waiting forever. Thank you so much. I hated seeing you in the chat there. I'm like, oh, God, I got to bring him up. What's no, going on? No worries. No worries. I'm doing good. How about you? I, You know, I'm, it's Friday. I don't have to cover a basketball game tonight. And then the two games this weekend start early. So I'm, I'm, I'm okay, all things considered. Well, since this has been a pretty negative uh, therapy session, I want to put some positive. I don't know if you could see the link that I put it on the basketball index link, the Twitter page, yep. but they were, they were showing a chart of all of the rookies and who is the best pick and roll ball handlers and who can create the best, um, like, uh, it's like shot presence or something like that. So and I'm pulling it up and list, people in the chat can see it. Yep. So uh, if you click on the video, I think, the, I think if you click the second image there, it'll be more clear for people on YouTube, but, um, if you look at the very top, so up is good, right is good. So if you look at all the way to the top and all mm-hmm. the way to the right, you'll see among rookie wings and guards, it's Jaden Jaden Hardy. Hardy. Okay, Jaden Hardy is one of the best shot making and pick and roll ball handlers, and that's actually such a good thing. Like I, I know last couple of years you've been talking about how the Dallas Mavericks haven't been able to develop players, haven't been able to draft good players, but seeing stats like these is really is encouraging that maybe they found something, maybe I, I don't know if it's just maybe him getting minutes. I don't know maybe if it's the one year in the G League that helped him out because he was supposed to be a pretty early draft pick if I remember correctly, right? When he was coming out of high school. Highly ranked recruit. And then he played so badly in the G League, he basically lost all juice to the point to where I think if there were a redraft, the Mavericks had them had they were going to take him had they not traded for Wood with that pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, he probably should have gone in the top twenty-five if we're you know ba- even based on last season. So it's it, it, him. Him and his development is one area where I think Jason Kidd actually deserves some credit. We had the guy in here earlier who mentioned he's really frustrated that that Hardy had 21 DMPs. Look, when the Mavericks are still trying to make the playoffs, they're not going to give a rookie 15 minutes. He has to earn his minutes, and he did earn his minutes. You go quarter by quarter, he plays a little more every quarter, and the fact that they got him now in the final stretch run playing minutes matters, and I'm grateful for that. That is one one big thing. Yeah, I I honestly, one of those things, I, and I think it's kind of been a weird dichotomy where we thought – Maybe at the beginning of the year, it was going to be Josh Green and then Jaden Hardy was going to come in later. But I feel like it's kind of been the opposite where Josh Green started off the year hot, but it it's felt like at least he's kind of fallen off. And it's been Jaden Hardy who's really picked it up. And I, I don't know why that's happening. Well, here's, I mean, I, that to me, that has to do with pedigree. Um, Hardy had played a ton of basketball in his life. He knows what to do. It's a matter of figuring out how to do those things at the NBA level. Josh Green 
was terrible for two years. And anybody that tells me otherwise, I'm going to yell at them. He was bad. I'm sorry. He was, he just was. And this year he has come in looking like a new man at stretches. Now we've seen his confidence wax and wane, but overall I've been extremely pleased with the development because I have mentioned on this show, I thought Josh Green was not an NBA player. And so comparatively, I'm so happy with what Josh has given the team, even though it's been kind of eh lately. Over the course of the year, like it's, I feel like he's. I, I hope they they're going to sign him to a second contract. So I'm I'm pleased with that. Yeah, I, I think it's just one of those things where Luca just got too good too quickly. So if there were players better, they Dallas couldn't get them because they had mm-hmm. to go on win now mode so early. It's it's similar to what happened to the Cavs when they had like young LeBron. Absolutely. Is, by his second year, they had won 50 games. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. It was absurd. So they had to try to go on win now mode. I, I think the one positive is at least ev- no one wants to go to Cleveland. Like people, like even if you like, even if you're a player back then and you thought, man, LeBron, he's going to be the next big guy. No one wanted to live in Cleveland. Dallas is at least a place where I think players will say, I can live in Dallas. So I think that's one of the things that I don't know if, you know, I don't know if the uh, front office can convince guys, but I think that's one advantage that I think the Mavericks can do better than those LeBron squads is that they can actually get people to come into Dallas because players want to play. I'm sure players want to play with Luka, but it's also not a bad location to be in. So I think that's a big advantage for the Mavs, and hopefully it's something that they can take advantage of in the next couple of years Uh, because I think Luka's prime is about to come up here in the next – like two or three years. So well, with how good he is, Luca's extended prime had like Luke, we could make a strong argument for Luca's prime beginning in his second year in the league. Mm-hmm. And you know, he's gonna make all NBA this year, I think, uh, which will be the fourth time in a row. He's not gonna make first team this year, and I don't think he should, but he's such a talented player, and and this is gonna be such it's it's why we started off the show talking about like the concept of of whether they need the draft pick or not because i think if they fall out either and that's going to happen organically if they fall out and they they uh end up with like keeping the pick that gives them a little bit of flexibility to do something immediately i think if they miss out on the pick they have to re-sign Kyrie and then at that point you're paying Kyrie and Luca a combined i think in the neighborhood of 90 million dollars next year you don't have cap room. There's nothing to do there. It's, you know, and they could maybe sign somebody into some of the space and sign him over going, but you know, Cuban's appetite for being in the tax and paying a bad team is probably pretty low. Um, he won't come out and say it, but I wouldn't want to pay for a crappy team either. It's just, he's the reason the team is not super great. So they, they have, they have a lot that, you know, this, these next like four weeks are going to determine the next three years. Right. Even even if they don't make the playoffs, which is looking less and less likely, one thing is that it looks like this draft class is a really strong draft class. So if they're able to get into the top 10, I think they could get someone that's going to be a really big piece for the future. So hopefully we'll get to see that in the next couple of years. So yeah, that that's all I had. Well, thank you for joining us. Appreciate you. No worries. Okay, so before we, get, uh, before we get out of here, I wanted to go over one thing that I saw on the Blue Wire Network. Um, it was uh, something that I, I'm not leaving us on a negative note, but it made me laugh. So I'm going to present this. Uh, we're going to go take a look at it. It is from 
the road trip and podcast. Okay. Kendrick Perkins went on the road trip and pod. If you don't know what the road trip and pod is, it is uh, that podcast with a couple of former Cavaliers. Um, let's go. Who is, who all is in this? Oh yeah. It's Richard Jefferson and Channing Fry. Duh. I knew that one. So, all right. I got the volume turned up. So hopefully we'll all be able to hear this. Um, let me do, where did it go? There we went. All right. One word, right? If you could describe the Mavericks in one word right now, what would it be? And do they play past the regular season? What that, what does that mean for Kyrie and Dallas? They are down like a hundred on four flats. This is killing me. Already sitting low. Or imagine it on four flats. I don't really know if Luca could really pair up with another superstar like that. I, I'm watching this bad body language. I never see him be encouraging. I always see him pouting. And it's not just to the officials. It's like somebody missed the shot and it's just like, oh, Dallas is done. I don't believe that they even get into the play-in tournament, to be honest with you. And I think Kyrie bounces. I think he leaves. I, I, of course. Just thanks so much for that, Draymond. I, I, uh, Kendrick Perkins. I don't think Kyrie leaves. The money, the money's going to be too rich. Um, I think some of the other stuff he might have had a fair point on, but I do think Kyrie and Luca can play together. The offense is amazing. Um, oh man. Well, so we play tomorrow night. Play tomorrow night against uh, Miami Heat. So if you guys haven't yet, please go subscribe to the show. Go subscribe to the show. I'll post the link uh, to the live show. You know, the general time frame of when I want it to be probably at some point tomorrow, uh, you'll be able to click and get notified for when we go live. I hope you guys had fun. Uh, I didn't mean to go for an hour and 20 minutes, but, you know, I like talking basketball with you people. Great times. Uh, please subscribe and, and leave comments. You know, uh, my man, uh, Leo, mentioned that earlier, like leaving comments and liking stuff that we post helps. It becomes like a positive feedback loop. So I need y'all's help. Uh, you know, listen to the show on Blue Wire. If you haven't, at least give us a download, play it in the background. Thanks so much for spending part of your Friday with me, and I will see you guys tomorrow on Saturday. Go Mavs.